we have a very special guest. It's Trent Noble from Canada. He's going to talk to us about his career, his family business, and the way he sees the future in digital animation. We hope that you take this information that we're sharing with everyone so that you can get inspired by those words, by these stories, and try to be the best you can and don't forget about your dreams. So Trent Noble with us. Um, he is the head of 3D animation at Bardell Entertainment, which began as a small family business making handcrafted animation and began to evolve over the past 30 years into a digital studio, making serious productions for a diverse slate of collaborators, including Nickelodeon, Disney, Cartoon Network, DreamWorks, Rovio, Mattel, and Warner Brothers. Where do I begin? Let's see. What year is this? 2022? I started, uh, <laughs> I went to uh, animation school in 1996. Um, and I took 2D classical animation and, um, mainly because I was just really into art in high school and that's all I like to do. And, you know, I would skip math class, but don't do that people. Um, so, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I did that. Uh, yeah. So I did that for a couple of years and, uh, when I graduated, this was in Vancouver at Vancouver Film School, and it was a very small school at that time. I remember my classroom was above a, this little thrift shop, and it smelled like a, like an old chicken coop, and it was really creaky and dusty, and uh, my instructors smelled of alcohol, so it was really interesting. But um, <laughs> I did learn a lot, and I made a short film that I can share with you. I'll, sh I'll link you up to some of the stuff I created sure, sure. back in the day, but made a short little film in classical animation um, and went out looking for a job and there was no work at all anywhere. So uh, I kind of did a little bit of traveling, thought about my career choices at the time because it's like, do I really want to get into this after spending all this money on the school? Um, and then they'd set up, uh, a couple of years went by and they set up um, a uh, 3D animation course. Uh, it was one of the first ones and it was taught in Maya 2.5. This was in 1998, uh, maybe 99, but so signed up for that. It was the first 3D class and it was kind of the same idea. You took all your knowledge from what you learned doing classical animation, all the fundamentals, um, and you brought that into 3D, which I was really actually loving because I thought in my head that I could go in and just hit a button and it would do all my in-betweens for me, which it kind of did, but it sucked. So I realized it again, it was work. <laughs> so yeah. um, did that for um, a good couple of years, made another film. And then this time I uh, had all my films on VHS tapes. I don't know if anybody remembers these things. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm saying you're old, I'm just saying I'm old. But uh, so I had a, had a bag of these VHS tapes and backpack on them. And I walked around Vancouver and I'd go to the studios. And again, there was no work. So uh, what I did, my sister was living in Los Angeles at the time. And so I, um, I went down there 
with my bag of VHS tapes to live with her and sleep on her floor because she didn't have an extra room. So I was kind of like her pet. I just sleep <laughs> on her floor. And big just, bed, a big, big bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pet. Um, so, but what I would do is I would look up uh, the studios. You know, the, I was really aiming high for, you know, Disney, Warner Brothers. They're all down there in in Los Angeles. So every day I would, you know, find the, the address of the place, get on the bus, get on the subway, whatever I had to do. I'd spend all day going across the city to these studios. And I'd walk into the studio, approach the front desk and say, you know, is uh, so-and-so here? I'd look up the recruiter's name of who, who was you know, running the place uh, or who's doing the hiring and be kind of like, Hey, is, you know, so-and-so here and be like, Oh yeah, they're busy. What's this about? And say, Oh, I just want to drop off my demo reel. And they'd go, Oh, okay. I'll take that. And they'd pull one of these, they'd take it from me and they'd just go, they'd kind of put it down somewhere. And I'm like <laughs> The shelf, the garbage. I don't know where that went. <laughs> and then I just wouldn't hear anything. So I did that for months um, and in the meantime, I was kind of working under the table. Don't tell anybody, but uh, I was working at this place, walking dogs, and I was working at the little movie theater, the side of the movie theater, and just anything to kind of make a little bit of money on the side. Right. While I was yeah. Yes, yes. So, and I was also setting my reel out all over the place. I was just mailing it anywhere that was hired. I just didn't care. So, and, um, Eventually, this studio based out of um, Buffalo, New York, um, sent me an email. Hey, we really, really love your reel. You know, it's really great. I'd like you to come work with us. And I was like, wow, no way. So jumped on a plane and uh, flew to Buffalo in the middle of the winter. I think it was February or January. So I got off the plane, you know, wearing shorts and it was snowing. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. no. Yeah. But guys uh, from Canada, they say. <laughs> yeah. so it was just a small small studio you know maybe about five or ten people worked there and they were doing a lot of work for um, commercials and uh, stuff on the screens for Times Square in New York City so, so was, how many how many years did, did pass by in all this short period of time because it seems pretty long I mean yes and complicated at the same time Uh, well, I mean, I worked, uh, I got hired in Buffalo in 2000 and then, um, what was it? I think it was in, yeah, like I said, January or something. And then 9-11 happened at, in September and everything kind of went crazy. And I was kind of, you know, like I said, trying to get a visa and that all kind of went crazy. So that was in 2000. And then, yeah, I've been working. I think I started working at Bardell, uh, well, I guess almost 10 years ago, nine, nine or so years ago from now. You have been there for nine years in that business. So mm. I'm, I'm very intrigued. What kind of culture does Bardell has inside? Is it difficult to enter to that studio? Um, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I found that, you know, working all these jobs and kind of getting into the industry, um, You have to kind of, as you've heard, be a little, uh, you just have, you need the drive and you can't let all this stuff bring you down. Um, of course, so yeah. Bardell, uh, was a lot of kind of networking on my end. 
I just oh, so okay. happened to be teaching at this school um, at one point, and the creative director came to visit the school and talk to the students. And mm-hmm. So I kind of started talking to him, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, we're looking for animators and people like this." And um, you know, one thing led to another, and he hired me on as a like an animation supervisor just right out of the gate. And so I came in. In my time at Bardell, I've gone from, you know, animation supervisor and then work my way up to director and now head of 3D. Uh, So instead of one show, I'm now running all the shows, which is interesting. But to answer your question, sorry, Stephanie, um, (laughs) the culture at Bardell was was really cool because what started out, like Victor was saying when when we started here, is that it was a very kind of small family run business. It was run by, or was founded by a husband and wife team named Barry and Delna. And that's where the name Bardell came from. They just combined their names. Oh, Yeah. So, and they ran the place um, as a team. So everyone knows everyone's name, and, you know, like you kind of all hang out and it's like a big family. Um, and then we've been nice. in Kelowna. Uh, so we have, they asked me to come out to Kelowna here from Vancouver because I was working there at the time to help kind of start up this satellite studio for them. So now we have these two studios, um, the bigger one in Vancouver and then the smaller boutique one here in Kelowna. So we have a staff, about 80 people here, whereas in Vancouver is about 300. Wow. So, yeah. wow. Um, and that's everybody. That's not just animation, but um So, yeah, but it's cool. You know, I kind of prefer the smaller boutique studio environment. Um, Like I said, you kind of get to know everybody a little bit closer. You know, we like to keep it open and comfortable. We don't like have a dress code, which kind of blew up on my face because people like to walk around with bare feet and just wearing blankets. (laughs) (laughs) looks like. Uh, that's interesting well, must be very interesting to work there huh yeah. well i think as long as you're comfortable you probably do better work right so yeah if you have uh, a value chain and someone needs to start from the bottom of course right uh, some people might say i don't want to be at the bottom too much some might say this is what i want right so someone that gets into this industry what positions can they look for and how does the value chain work? I mean, who works for who? For me, uh, I wanted to be a director, you know, ever since I started. So that was like, I had my sight sent on that and I was willing to kind of work my way into it. Um, so usually what happens is, you know, with people out of school, we bring them in as junior animators. And so they're on a team of about maybe seven or eight depending on what the production is. Mm-hmm. And then they have a lead animator above them who's kind of in charge of them. And then above them is the animation supervisor. And then the director above that, and then the client. So uh, there's like a three level hierarchy of approval. Uh, so, but the way I like to run my teams here is kind of get everyone on a more kind of even field because I don't like the whole idea of like the one sheriff walking in and telling everybody what to do and cracking the whip, you know? So if we ever have problems on a show and we're trying to figure something out creatively, mm-hmm. I like to bring everybody in, 
into the room and, and we can look at it and kind of talk about it together because I think the main, um, one of the main problems I see with, with new grads and junior animators and people just coming fresh into the industry is they think of themselves that way. So they're afraid to, to speak and they're afraid to offer ideas and, and solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say to anybody, everyone listening to this, you know, as you're coming out of school and you're looking for work, um, think as your, of yourself as a director already, or think of yourself as a lead. Um, come into there, you know, offering ideas because I haven't, I've had way too many times where I have new recruits come in and they're just quiet. They don't even talk at all. <laughs> so, um, and then I find out that they've been struggling with something and they haven't said anything. And they've been working on this one shot for maybe three days. And they're afraid to ask for help because they think that I would think that they weren't good enough and then fire them. Right. So. Yeah. That's a big mistake. Yeah. So the one thing I really, really hope that people are uh, learning is how to communicate just simple communication, especially nowadays, you know, it's uh, like we can solve something in five minutes rather than you suffer for three days. It's so much easier. And all you have to do is just be open and honest. Right now, we're all remote, right? We're slowly getting back into the studio. Yeah. In the old days, the old days, two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, I could walk out onto the floor where all the animators are sitting and say, hey, everybody, remember to do this and watch out for this. And they'd all be like, yeah, cool. And now it's kind of like, I have to put it in a chat room or an email. Yeah. Yes. Hey, everybody, be careful of this and just be aware of this. And then it's just crickets. Nice, nice. So as a as an animator, if you see something like that come up from your director or something, I don't care what it is. Like you can give me an emoji of a hot dog or a little yeah. thumbs up or just say yes. As long as I know that you read something and you're responding to it, right? It's huge because that's kind of the main battle right now. Is just the communication. We just got to be sure that everyone's getting the information and understanding it. So, right. yeah, just simple communication is really, really going to make everyone's life so much easier. Talking about your career and that you're the head of animation, what what are the specific skills for that role? And I know that you might have seen many show reels of many uh, juniors. So what are the three things that you really catch your attention when you see a Nebo reel from a junior or a recent grad? That's a great question, Stephanie. I wish I kind of knew the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it tends, it changes every day. So it's kind of hard to nail down um, <laughs> what it is I do every day. But uh, I ultimately, I'm kind of running the 3D animation department um, for all shows and making sure we have you know, all our assets, the, every, we have enough staff, um, the quality bars being hit for what the schedule is giving us, what the client is asking for. So I'm always kind of jumping around to different shows, making sure putting out fires and just being sure that, you know, everything is working, if the rigs are working, um, but also switching gears stylistically because, you know, we do shows like Dragon Prince and then we do other shows like 44 Cats and we do shows like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So it's all these kind of different styles all the time. Yeah. Um, so everyone's always kind of coming to me saying, 
hey, how's this look? And, you know, is this kind of cool? Is this kind of what the client's looking for? So I have to just kind of be there to make sure that, yes, let's do this, but don't overcomplicate it because that'll, we'll go against the schedule. So I'm kind of like the middleman between the directors um, and the client mm-hmm. Okay. on all shows. So tough okay. position. Yeah. And I, I report to our CEO. So that's like the, Right. You're like rack. the POV then, like the intermediator. Right. Yeah. I'm the middleman. So if something goes wrong, it's all of a sudden my fault. Oh, so. uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then I can, I'll, I'll fix it. So that's, that's the good yeah. news. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of what I look for in a demo reel. Right. Uh, I do a whole other talk on demo reels that I've done at colleges and, and places yeah. like this. But to sum it up, I would say, uh, Put your best work on there. Don't overcomplicate it and give us enough um, ideas on different things you can do. So, you know, I can only look at so many bouncing balls and weightlifters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, try to be a little more original and show us, you know, body mechanics, okay. acting, um, and also know what you want to apply for because there's so many different facets to animation. You know, there's technical animation, there's um, effects, mm-hmm. uh, all this kind of thing. There's layout. Uh, so know what you want to do and research that and show that you can do that. Because, and also like if you want to work in film or TV or games, I've had people apply for our shows where we do a lot of, you know, television obviously but it's all just game cycles you're kind of like okay well this is interesting but we don't really make games here so <laughs> definitely research yeah. your studio and um you know take a lesson from what i did just don't be afraid to to move or to go to where the work is you know i've traveled all over this world just kind of following jobs around and uh i'm glad i did because it kind of gives you that experience, you know, not only um, with the work, but also with communication, you know, talking to people, working with different teams and different cultures and kind of experiencing this kind of thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's... It's rewarding, I mean, yeah. It's rewarding and it's it's definitely going to make you stronger. Do you believe that uh, that insight or diversity coming from Latin America would be an added value to your team? Yeah, 100%. I uh, had, I started an apprenticeship program actually uh, this year. And we've had a couple people. Uh, where is he from? Is he from Colombia? One of these places. Um, and he graduated. He was one of our top animators and he moved up here, or he's still in the process of moving up here, but. Uh, I'm all about diversity. Like I make a point actually to look beyond, um, you know, local people all the time and also have a nice fine balance of male, female, because mm-hmm. right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Between us. Oh, I guess this is on a podcast. I find female animators to be better. I don't like, I'm not sure why. Maybe just they they can concentrate a bit better, or they're not so flighty like like the boys. But 
I don't know. It was just some one of these things that I've just noticed. And I'm yeah. not sure I'm I can totally say why that is. So and it's always good, you know, to have a nice kind of healthy combination of the genders and uh also yeah, diversity, you know. I half I'd say our team's a good 80% international right now, which is wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And it helps me, you know, learn different languages. Cause I'm so good at Spanish now, as you noticed. But, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, really, yeah, we really, I really um, encourage international applicants all the time because they okay. do, yeah, they do great work and they're very, very passionate. You know, Canadians at the level of expertise of Bardo, what is Bardo looking? Is Bardo looking for right now for hiring, or or what kind of levels? They they yeah. really seek for more for juniors or also seniors and mids. We're we're looking for it all. Um, like I said, we're starting up that apprenticeship program, and that's the perfect place for you know Sorry. new grads to to yeah. get in. And they work from home. It's it's seven weeks, and basically how it works is we have like a, like a, a production that's out of the pipeline. So you kind of get in and it kind of feels like you're already on a show. You learn all the shelf tools. You're, you're going through the review process, working with a team. You have a director. We just don't have a client, thank God. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you got a good feel of kind of how we work and how the studio is run. And you know, that's and interesting. And yeah, is it paid? Is it paid? This it is paid. Yes. Uh, I, I love, you know, getting to know the schools and working closely with them because we work together that way. And then you can say, here's our latest batch of graduates. Right. And we, you know, so it kind of helps me and I don't have to go digging around looking for people. to yes. But, you know, it works like any other job. There's an app like you apply on the website, mm -hmm. do an interview, you know, so that's first test, everybody. Communication. The first interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we see how you do in the interview what kind of person you are because you might be really talented but you also might be kind of a jerk so we just want to be sure that you know you'll fit in with the team because like i said we're, we're very close and we like to be sure that everyone's going to get along of course there's no yeah. egos involved and all this kind right. of thing so um of course yeah that's perfect for the for the junior animators so we do that for seven weeks they work from home All you need is a solid internet connection. You don't need any special equipment. Um, you remote into one of our machines with Maya and you get into our pipeline. And, uh, oh, so you provide the programs as well in the apprenticeship. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so just if you have internet, you're in. And, Great. Um, That's excellent. That's yeah, you do that for seven weeks. And then if you, if you do a good job, then we offer you a position in the studio and bring you up to British Columbia. And what about wow. the visa procedure and all this legal stuff when you hire somebody? Is it really complicated or not? Yeah, well, um, that's hard to say because the government keeps changing it on me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So some people do pretty well and then all of a sudden yeah. something changes. And then, I don't know, but we still have people who are kind of working on it. You know, with the NAFTA, usually with NAFTA, it's a bit easier. Um, oh. So... It can range anywhere from 10 weeks to 30. Yeah. But it, it's okay because if we hire you, you know, you can still kind of work from home while your visa is getting cleared. Right. It's not like the deal is off because of that, but. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, 
I'd rather invest time in, in the people, the apprentices and the applicants. And then, you know, I don't want to just say, well, no visa. See ya. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So we just end up being do our best. Yeah. Yeah. Trent, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, we would like your take um, or maybe a few words for all those talented people that will be watching this podcast all around Latin America. Uh, why don't you share with us a few words, a few final words? Just don't stop. Don't give up and animate every day and update your demo reels. Even when you're done school, keep putting stuff on there. Show us that you have it the passion to continue doing it even without being told um and please apply and you know feel free to hit me on linkedin too i'd love to start meeting people already and just see kind of what you're up to and if you want some advice on what you're doing you can show me works in progress i'd be happy to give you some hints um but if you want i can do the demo reel talk for everybody too some point but yeah i'd say just learn how to communicate everybody and keep going don't let it drag you down you know you might find that you're working walking dogs and sending out your demo reel and no one's biting but someone will eventually respond and next thing you know you might be on a plane going to someplace very snowy 